Welcome back to Storyteller Station, friends. I'm so glad you're here, and I hope that whenever and wherever you're listening to this, that it is a beautiful day in your neighborhood, and a very happy 2021 to all of you. Um, Wow. (laughs) Here we are in a brand new year. Um, It was really hard not to think that uh, if we can just get through 2020, won't it be better? (laughs) So I'm just, you know, reminding myself that, you know, the state of things is is still the state of things. Um, But as with all new beginnings, there is just that extra measure of hope. And so I hope that you're feeling that extra measure of hope today on this new year. So I, you know, I've been thinking about a lot of things. And one of the things that I really want to do, especially at the start of this new year, is to start closing some loops, as they say. You know, I have a lot of unfinished projects and a lot of uh, just some some tasks or ideas that I've started and have not completed. And I just feel like I need to kind of bring some closure to a number of things this year. And one of those things uh, to kind of finish out and to continue with is Storyteller Station. So I have a wonderful interview to share with you today. And unfortunately, it's taken me quite a long time to write the show notes, to edit the the audio. And this one was rough because for some reason the audio just really was a struggle this time. So when you listen to this interview, what you'll find is I'm 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 already <laughs> you'll already be in the midst of my guest, Matt Michelados. Um, introducing himself. So when you we pop over to the interview, he'll be saying, I'm an author of, you know, he'll be talking about his books. But um, that interview is very fun. Matt is a very interesting person. I highly encourage you to check out his website. And um, even... <laughs> I follow his rabbit on Instagram. I'm not kidding you. Bruce the Rabbit King is on Instagram and he is the cutest thing and he is their family pet and I just love seeing pictures of him. So that's something fun that you can do too is follow him on Instagram. But nonetheless, I hope that you enjoy this this interview with Matt Michelados. He is an author of fiction, nonfiction. Um, He is just like the king of satire, if you ask me. And just, he just, he's an interesting person and has such a great sense of humor and wit and he's encouraging. And so I just hope that you enjoy this interview. And again, please forgive some of these bits of audio that just Um, It almost sounds like we're talking on top of each other, and I tried to sort it out best I could, but I think that you'll enjoy the interview no matter my (laughs) poor skills at audio production. So enjoy the interview, and I'll talk to you after. 
I'm an author of 10 books now, uh, the last two of which are young adult fantasy novels uh, in a series called The Sunlit Lands. The first one's called The Crescent Stone. The second one's called The Heartwood Crown. And the third is coming this next year, The Story King. Ooh, love it. And I have been kind of um, checking out Michelados.com. <laughs> I'm going to spell that M I K A L A T O S.com. And it's a beautiful oh, website, by the way. <laughs> Very stunning. I love the colors. Oh, I'm just You're laughing because I like hand coded that laughing? thing. I put it together myself. So I'm always happy when people say they like it. Ooh. Yes, it's so beautiful. So hey, good work. I'm not sure I could do that. <laughs> no, I'm sure I couldn't do that. So, <laughs> I think you could. Uh, props. <laughs> um, okay, so um, could you just share with us a little bit about how you got started in creating stories, in writing books, in publishing books? Yeah, so it started, I think like a lot of storytellers, it started without me realizing that's what was happening. So uh, even back in high school, Mm -hmm. right, I was in theater. My teacher was a former Broadway actress who was like just really diving deep and helping us develop these uh, habits as far as acting. Uh, Got into college and realized I wasn't sure that was where I wanted to go so I started, I started messing around with writing and realized that we had been writing for several years in high school, but she had made it seem as if it was acting. We we're actually building plays and things. We we're doing it collaboratively. Uh, and I'd written some short stories and things like that. But by my junior year, I knew I wanted to be a writing major. So I went to UC Riverside. I studied under some amazing uh, authors and writers. And, uh, yeah, then I just kind of kicked around doing that, um, as a hobby for a long time. And about 10 years ago, my first, my first published novel came out. So, uh, I mean, obviously there's some steps missing in the middle there. Right. But that's the basic story. Sure. That's awesome. So 10 years ago, was your first published My first work. Uh, book length. Yeah. So uh, a- as with many people, right, uh, before you get to book length, a lot of times there's professional writing that's done on a smaller scale. So magazine articles, online articles, things like that I'd been doing for a little bit uh, before I got to doing uh, full-on books. Partly that's building your – it's showing publishers that you're a professional, right? They're looking for that kind of thing. So when my first book, we were shopping it around my agent, uh, they're asking like, okay, can you show us? He, he, he wrote me and said, send me every article you've ever written. So I'm like, okay, here's 10 or 11 articles. He was like, great. <laughs> like it's exciting for a new author awesome. to have so many. Um, but yeah, you know, so a couple of years of writing articles before I got to, to writing a book. Nice. Sure. So you found an agent first and then you queried or you, like you said, shopped. Yeah. So there was a, uh, there was a, 
a publisher that I had written for their magazine a couple times who asked me if I had a book idea. And your answer should always be yes, right? When people ask you, do you have a movie script? <laughs> of course I do. Right. <laughs> Give me three to four weeks. Mm -hmm, uh, right. You know, like that kind of thing. <laughs> uh, and I was talking with them pretty seriously and they were saying, oh, you don't need an agent. We'll just like make a little deal like this kind of thing, which I think with I don't think with any ill intent. I don't think they were planning to like take advantage or anything. The smaller press and uh I reached out to an author friend and said, what do you think of this? And he said, oh, gosh, you should definitely get an agent before you if you have people interested, it should be relatively easy to find an agent. Um, so I did. And the agent I got is an amazing guy who I love and has been a uh, like a good friend, actually, these last 10 years. Really love him. Um, so, yeah, he oh, he awesome. looked at it and said, I think you can do something bigger and better than you're thinking you could do. So let's let's do that. Um, and then, yeah, he had a couple, pu the, the great thing about agents too, is they show it to multiple publishers, whereas I was talking to one, right. And, uh, that actually started sure. what has been a really key relationship in my publishing life is that the publisher Tyndale has published one, two, three, four, four of my books. And I've got to deal with them for two, three, four more right now. So, uh, I mean, that's gigantic. Wow. There, there's real loyalty and relationship. Yeah, that's there. awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. So what I, I would imagine that you yeah. are a man with a mission. So can you tell us a little bit about maybe now that you're an established author, what is your mission in the stories you, you know, tell? Um... One of the things for me growing up and today is that a lot of the life change for me, a lot of the character change, meaning growth, character growth in my life comes from some sort of storytelling, that there's a, a story at the core of it that brings me either greater understanding of, of the people around me or greater understanding of myself. And I think that's one of the things I want to do is write particularly with fiction, right? Fiction that is entertaining, exciting, that you love reading it, but also brings insight about yourself or the world around you. Uh, so that's what I really focus on. If, if there was a mission, I think it would boil down to that. Uh, this idea of, and a big part of it for me is, I think if we as human beings could be more understanding and loving toward each other, that it would be transformative, not just in our personal lives, but in the world. So that's a big piece of what I'm pushing toward is always this, is there a more compassionate, understanding, loving way to solve difficult problems instead of, uh, so, so for example, in the Crescent Stone, which is the first in my young adult fantasy series, your expectation in a fantasy quest is that it's going to end with uh, a violent solution. Usually like we're going to destroy We're going to kill the bad guy with a sword, mm -hmm. right? And I'm always thinking, mm -hmm. can we subvert that? Is there another solution? Is there another way to do that? That, uh, yeah. So that that's the kind of stuff I like to mess with for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. So entertainment and yeah. thought. Yeah, I think so. Thoughtfulness. Yeah, that's awesome. And so um, it, you have a number 
of books that you have written and published in the last 10 years, what is your story making process like? Do you dictate? Uh, Do you type everything? Do are you a <laughs> plotter or a pantser? You know, like all of these questions we must know oh, no. the answers to. <laughs> uh, um, that's a great question. So the I would say I lean pantser. Um yeah, but it gets me in trouble sometimes, right? So I, I yeah, just get in a corner. <laughs> I don't know what's happening anymore. Uh, I, it tends to create really boring middle sections because you're spinning your wheels trying to figure out what's supposed to happen. So then you have to go through and like fix the middle. Uh, once you know what's happening, you have to like tighten everything down. So it's pretty work intensive actually to be mm -hmm. a pantser sometimes. Um, so, mm -hmm. so I'll take the Sunlit Land series. Crescent Stone was done. Oh, you know what? This might be unique and different than other people. I'm not sure. I almost always know my final scene. I know what happens on the last page before I start writing, uh, whether it's a, a sentence. Uh, in fact, one of my novels, I literally wrote the first thing I wrote was the final sentence of the book. Um, and what that does for me wow. is even if I, even in the midst of not having a plan, I know what I'm moving toward. I know where I need to get the characters. I know what emotional reality is going to be true in the final scene. And I'm building to that. Um, but yeah, so like in Crescent Stone, I knew that I knew the final page. I knew the final scene and I was working toward that. I didn't know the solution to all the problems, uh, or all the issues going on. Hmm. And, and just kind of worked my way through it. And at one point, we, my editor said, this book is great, but it needs a second point of view. So we brought in a second character as a point of view character who had a very different point of view. And he's one of those characters. I'm sure you've experienced this, Sarah. He's one of those characters that does his own thing. Like I would lay out, here's the next three chapters. I know what's <laughs> going to happen. His name's Jason. And he would be like, oh, I can accomplish that in a paragraph by breaking all the rules. And I'd be like, what? No, why Jason? No, why are you doing this? Um, and then it just like <laughs> right. threw a bomb into everything in the best way. Like it was really fun actually. Um, it seems weird to say something's unpredictable when it's coming out of your own brain somehow, but it was. Um, then in the second book though, it was so complex. I needed to pick up all these threads from the previous book. Uh, and had all these different points of view going through and all this stuff that I actually did take all the scenes I knew were in the book and I put them on different colored uh, three by five cards for whichever character was the point of view for it. And uh, then I put them nice. on a ring, like a, you know, like a three ring kind of ring. And uh, so I could shuffle mm -hmm. them and sort them so the story would make the most sense. Um, and uh, that was super helpful. So that was much close. That's probably the closest I get to building an actual kind of framework for the story ahead of time. Um, but even there, it was like there were scenes missing. It was more like what I do with the end scene. It was like, here's six places I know I need to land. And here's some of the things that happened between them uh, and kind of went from there. Um, I do, I used to go longhand, but now I type everything. I'm just a much faster typer. I can almost keep up with my brain then. Um, and what I do is I have the luxury of writing under deadline and I'm much better under deadline than no deadline. And what I do is I look at when my deadline is, how many words I think 
the book is going to hit or close to. And then I divide that by the time I have left. And that's my daily goal. And I write five days a week. Unless I miss my goal, then I add Saturdays. So, yep. Nice. Yeah. That seems more um, manageable and not so. Yeah. And I think what it helps with is if I'm, uh, and I, different people have different speeds. Uh, I have professional friends who write 500 words a day or 200 words a day. I target you on big fiction projects. I'm usually targeting in the 1500 to 2,500 words a day, depending on the project. Um, but what that means is if I have a day that I only write a thousand, I don't freak out. I just go like, okay, I can either do another hundred words the next couple of days or on Saturday I'll work, I'll work, you know, on Saturday also. Uh, so it takes some of the stress out of feeling okay. like, oh no, I don't have to kill myself. I, I don't have to be like, oh, I miss my word count. I'm a terrible person. I'm never going to do this. You know, gives me a little flexibility. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. That's really good. So how many words then are your, um, let's say the, the, this, um, sunlit series, the sunlit land series. Yeah. So they're in the, the low hundred thousands. So I think Crescent stone was one twenty, and heartwood crown, I think is a little longer than that. Maybe it was a little shorter, one fifteen, one thirty, something like that. Um, yeah. And the last book is I'm guessing is going to be a little longer. There's just so much going on. Like I'm, I'm writing it right now and I just hit 40,000 words this week. And I'm like, man, this is definitely still the, I know I'm like, this is still the first third of the book for sure. (laughs) And I'm starting to get that kind of antsy feeling of like, we need to amp this up. Something terrible needs to happen. Come on people. So. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So then how long does it take you to write uh, a book that length? Assuming it's my main focus, it usually takes me a couple months for the actual writing. Uh, usually before that, there's been a lot of thinking about it and throwing ideas into a, I, I'm so disorganized. I just have a Word document that it's like story ideas. So if a scene comes to me, a character, whatever, I just throw it all in the same document. It's not at all like organized. Um, and, uh, and I kind of have the, my philosophy is if it's a really good idea, I'm probably not going to forget it. So I'm not like in a hurry to put my ideas down, but you know, I'll literally be standing in the shower going like, why is this character trying to get to that place? I don't know. I don't understand their motivation. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, so I'll be doing that kind of (laughs) work on the front end. Um, just kind of telling the story to myself in my head. Um, but yeah, the actual writing of the first draft is a couple months usually. Yeah. And then how many editing, uh, I'll do, editing rounds? I'll do a first round edit of just stuff I know needs to be fixed. So like right now in the book I'm working on the story King, I'm like, I have a scene where I was like, I had already written the chapter. I was at the end of the chapter and I was like, Ooh, if this one character came in right now, that would fix so many issues I'm about to run into and be exciting and like a fun moment. So I wrote them in, but they don't appear anywhere before that in the book and they need to. So it's one, it's like, I know I have to go Uh, back to that chapter and put that person in at the beginning. Uh, So they're not like just randomly appearing. 
Um, so I'll fix that kind of stuff. I'll try to catch, you know, my misspelling a character name and, uh, some of that stuff. Um, mostly I'm looking at big picture stuff I know is an issue or, or, oh gosh, (laughs) I'm really terrible. The other thing I'll do is if I can't remember a name or like I need to do research, I just put capital X's in that part of the chapter. Uh, like I'll put six capital X's so that I know to come back later and take care of it. Um, so I'm like, uh, oh, this character is going to mm-hmm. reference Chinese immigration through Angel Island, let's say. Uh, then I'm like, well, I don't want to stop my writing to go research it because that'll take my whole day because I'll get distracted and dive deep. So I just put a bunch of big X's. And what I do then is when the writing's done, I go and look at all those things and then I fix them and bring it in. Um just by searching for X, you know? Yeah, that's so good. Um, so I do that. And then it goes right. to my editor uh, who uh, on the Sunlit Lands is a, a wonderful uh, editor named Sarah Rubio. Sarah is like, you know how you see fans who know everything, like more than the creator for like Star Wars or whatever. She's like that for my books. Like I was working <laughs> on a short story and sent it to her. And she goes, you're, you're literally going against what you said in the previous book. I'm like, no, I'm not. I never said it. I implied it, but I never said it. And then she'll write back and be like, go look at page 203 in uh, the Heartwood Crown. And I pull it out and I'm like, oh no, I did say it. You know, uh, so she does big story (laughs) things. She'll say like, this character is not working. I'm not sure what the motivations are. She's really helpful to me about, she wants to bring more emotion out of the characters. Um, So she's actually been kind of coaching me on that. I'm getting better and better at it. So she does big picture edits. So we, we run through that. We probably do three cycles of that. Uh, you know, each one's a little smaller. Uh, as I'm fixing things, I'm usually creating new problems that need to be addressed. Uh, so we do that. And then there's copy <laughs> edits, which is a round or two of that, usually two. Uh, so by the time it's ready to go to print, I've usually read the book eight to 10 times, um, in addition to writing it, obviously. Wow, that's a lot of writing. <laughs> yeah. I think what's it, and that's what's funny. I think uh, in the traditional publishing world, you're reading it a bunch, and then you don't see it for six to eight months, and then it comes out, and people start asking you questions about it, and you're like, "Right?" Oh. They're like, "Are you tired of reading it?" And you're like, "No, I'm kind of ready to read it again." <laughs> yeah, because you're already in the right. middle of your next right project, so you're like, "Well, I yeah, don't know. yeah, exactly. I gotta look back." Well. This is totally okay. um, off the wall question. Well, I guess, I mean, it's sure. it's about books, so it's not completely off the wall. But what is one thing you wish you had known before you started publishing your books or releasing them out into the wild? Hmm. <laughs> you know, I wish that the kind of the Hollywood picture and thus our cultural picture of writers is the solitary person sitting off in a room typing by themselves. And uh, usually they're like enormously successful. You know, they take a limo to the publisher's office and the publisher's like bowing down to them when they walk in. Um, and, uh, or, or it's <laughs> the, the opposite, right? They're like addicted to alcohol and sad and lonely and they're never going to make it. And, popping pills and whatever. Uh, and, and not to say those things don't happen. They do. But I think 
the reality of traditional publishing is that it's a team sport. You might write the book, but there are all these other people who are going to have their hands on your book. Uh, the editors, the salespeople, the design folks, the PR folks, all these people. And you have to enter into it realizing this is a community that cares about your work and wants to do it together with you. And uh, it, for me, honestly, it was a pleasant surprise. I'm extroverted. I want to interact with people. Uh, I love my team. Uh, in fact, I'm one of the worst kind of authors, the one that wants to be your friend, you know, so editors are like, let's be professionals. I'm like, no, how's your dog? <laughs> like, what's going on with your family? Um, uh, or like, here's a funny meme. Uh, and they're like, oh, no, it's Matt again. Um, but I think that was something I wish I had known. <laughs> like, I think as an extrovert, I had this sort of fear of entering the the loneliness of writing. And there are moments for sure. There are times where you need to be by yourself that it is lonely for me. But the most of the time, it's like there's people saying, what do you think about this? What if we did it this way? Uh, you know, and that that's something I just love about it that is not well represented in the way people talk about publishing a lot of times. You really paint a beautiful picture. I, I'm extroverted as well. And I think one of the fears for me, too, was just right. I don't want to have to be <laughs> shut away all the time you know <laughs> i'd like to be with people oh, so my um, middle daughter yeah, she's that, uh yeah she's 17 right now she loves and has since she was a child she loves to lay like if i say i'm writing on the couch she wants to lay on the back of the couch and read over my shoulder while i'm typing and i cannot do it like i'm extroverted but i'm also very private about my first drafts i feel really like nervous about it. So I'm always like, honey, you can't like lay on top of my shoulders while I'm writing. You, you just can't. I will send it to you at the end of the day and you can read it. That's fine. If you want to like sit next to me so that you're like touching my leg or something, fine. But you can't be reading over my shoulder. <laughs> That's where I draw the line. Yeah. I mean, I'm an extrovert. I, was say, I don't mind if you're limit, in the room. Right. But yeah. Well, that was... Great, Matt. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us and um, just spending some time with me and chatting. Um, where can people get a hold of your stories or find out more? Yeah. About so I realize this is a big bar to entry, but if you can spell my last name, you can find me on the internet. There's like 30 people in the United <laughs> States with my last name. They are all related to me. And uh, if you reach out to the wrong person, they'll be like, oh, you're looking for Matt. <laughs> um, so it's M-I-K-A-L-A-T-O-S. My website is Michelotis.com. I'm on I'm Matt Michelotis on Twitter. Same thing on Instagram, Facebook. You can find me any of those places. Uh, if you're particularly interested in the Sunlit Lands, you can go to the sunlitlands.com. It'll show you stuff about the books. There's a email sign up and you can get a free middle grade fantasy novel for signing up. I'm on YouTube now, which is new. So that's youtube.com slash Matt Michelotis books. Uh, I interview young adult authors there. So you might, I mean, that's brand new. I just started doing that. So you might enjoy that uh, if you enjoy uh, Storyteller Station. 
Um, but yeah, basically, if you can spell my name, you can find me and wherever you find me, except for, okay, I am on MySpace, but I am not active on MySpace. But uh, anywhere else, I'll, I'll certainly respond. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Matt Michelados and that you will go and search him on the internet and check him out. Um, he's a lot of fun and he has agreed to come back should the, the invitation be sent. Um, he's just a wealth of information, um, especially for those who are interested in traditional publishing. So look him up and um, even check out his his podcast as well. You can find everything you need to know on his website. And we shared those links in the show notes. And we also shared the links on in the episode. So check out sarahfenlandfalk.com if you're struggling to find the links. Okay. Well, friends, that is the last author episode that I have recorded. And I don't have any further author episodes lined up or interviews lined up. So I have been struggling to decide what the future of Storyteller Station might be. And um, interestingly enough, in the last month, um, I think at the beginning of December, I had decided, okay, I'm going to, you know, use it, do a farewell episode, and that's going to be the end of Storyteller Station once I finish this interview. And then I had like three authors contact me and say, hey, I'd be really, you know, I'd be delighted to be on Storyteller Station. And I was like, well, it's probably going to get shut down. So, um, you know, I have some other ideas for you. Here are some people you can contact to be interviewed on their podcast. Um, but um, so then it just kind of made me think double, you know, like think again, think twice or um, rethink my decision. Like this is such a fun community. It's a great community. I love encouraging other people and sharing with them. So it, it's a hard decision to make. If you have any feedback or if you have any thoughts on the future of Storyteller Station, I'd love to hear from you. Um, I, I, I enjoy it. The audio bit, I'm not going to lie. Like <laughs> for me, that just feels like work because it's just, you guys, I think I've said it before. I'm just technologically, you know, <laughs> troubled or uh, I forget what term I've used in the past, but I um, am not technologically inclined. So um, that's, you know, that's part of my struggle. But um, I but I do enjoy the idea of talking to you, even though I can't see you and just sharing. And then I get to talk to amazing and wonderful people um, and check out the backlist. I've, I've had so many wonderful author interviews, um, but I think um, even my energy level in the interviews and, you know, 2020 was a challenge and let's, you know, we're not going to lie about that. Um, so I think everyone's energy level kind of sunk um, this last year, but hopefully, you know, co going forward, 
as I revision this podcast and think about the future, you know, I'd love your input, but I'll also really just be very open with you about the future of the podcast and what's going to be happening. But I really appreciate all of you who have taken the time to listen to the interviews, who have, you know, just taken some interest in Storyteller Station. And even my website, sarahfenlandfalk.com, I've I've uh, kind of revamped that during um, 2020. And so I had been providing a lot of cancer resources. My very first book was Finding Myself Facing Cancer. And that's kind of what launched the idea of an author uh, podcast. And so um, I talk a lot in, in back um, episodes about the cancer experience and I do read a little bit from that book but um, I wanted to include resources about anxiety because that's also part of my journey and so there's an anxiety resource page I've added a, a short video so if you are experiencing anxiety go ahead and go to sarahfenlandfalk.com and watch that video that should be very helpful and encouraging I'm a mental health therapist by day, and so I specialize in anxiety and panic disorders, and I just, I really feel, you know, a passion for helping people to get that anxiety under control, and so that's why I wanted to kind of expand my website and not just hone in on the, the author portion of it, but I wanted to, to show, like, my whole self. Um, the therapist self, the author self, and so it hopefully it seems it doesn't seem you know um, like all over the place, but that when you visit that website, you feel comfortable and invited and welcomed, and I just really wanted it to be a safe place where people can go for great resources, great information, and also great books. So the podcast is hosted on my website as well, so you can find it there, as well as the show notes are part of the blog. So I have a lot of resources for you from the past, and I will keep you updated as to what will be happening in the future. But as for now, my friends, I really hope that 2021 starts out in a most fantastic way for you. And... Like I said, I look forward to hearing from you. If you have some ideas, some thoughts, please feel free to send me a message and let me know what your thoughts are about Storyteller Station and the future. Other than that, I am ready to start this brand new day in this brand new year and look forward to talking to you again very soon. Until then, friends, be well.